Here we go at it again. <laughs> oh, God damn it. I think we should retire. <laughs> Six episodes. We'll call it. I think we made that joke before. That's that's quite enough. <laughs> Was it episode two? I think we made that joke. I think so. Two episodes in and we're done. Nothing new to report. Uh, I shaved my head. You did shave your head. I mean, that's a pretty big thing. Yeah. That's a... I don't remember the last time uh, I saw you with a shaved head. I keep going back to that McDonald's picture. (laughs) (laughs) That's... uh, I think that's the last time... The last time I remember you with uh, short hair. Mm. I like your long hair, but I, I've also uh, been a fan of, of the different colors you do with your, your short hair stuff. I'm going to regrow it again. But I just wanted to yeah, hair grows. grow some fresh hair. Absolutely. Just like me getting a new schedule, you getting a new hair. Yeah. You know, A new hair. Yep. One hair mm-hmm. out of the thousands and thousands on my scalp. How did you decide on uh, purple? I just said, fuck it. I don't want to look like Eminem with bleach blonde hair, so I got to pick something. Mm-hmm. I picked purple. And I know I'll change it within the week. I don't think you should do black. I'm not gonna. Like, well, you asked me. Or you said not to, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> I've already moved on from that chapter in my life. <clears throat> good. I'm yeah, I was... go back to green. I like. Yeah, that was a good color. I liked the um you, right before you cut it that uh, like the green with the blue and that looked really cool. I'm a big fan of that like chartreuse neon green sort of look. You're just a fan of me. Admit it. I am just a fan of Paige. Um, yeah, I was trying to think before we uh, got into it what I would talk about. I don't really have anything new either. I don't to know. I feel like every time we talk, it's just like work. We're boring. That's really all we all we've been doing for the most part is just working. That's true. There's not much to do, uh, especially now with COVID. Um, but I am trying to find more time and make more time to. To do things, you know, whether... I need, to, I need to learn a hobby, so I think I'm going to pick up guitar. Yeah, like playing guitar at, at my apartment or playing drums or, I don't know, just going outside <laughs> every now and then. Yeah, doing something besides staying in your house. <clears throat> yeah, working inside of a building and then coming home and then staying, staying inside, inside of, of a building. building. Yeah, going outside and, you know, hmm. that kind of stuff. But it sucks. Uh, I don't think many people have motivation to do much of anything. During it's times like this, a shitty year. There's, there's not much to do besides work, so why not? It's true. But uh, tell you what, I am gonna do. Come November, I'm gonna vote, and I hope everyone listening will also do the same. It's not about to be a PSA, <laughs> but I really I can't stress it enough. You got to, you got to. I don't care who you vote for. It's not a political podcast. I couldn't care less. You've made political comments before. But I've made one political comment before. <laughs> But as long as you vote, that's what matters. We need people out there and and uh, at the ballots and and voting with their opinion. On that note, welcome to yeah. the sixth episode of Beer and Fear. Mm-hmm. My name is Paige. My name is Zach. One of these days, I'm just going to give a fake name. <laughs> <laughs> and my name is Eduardo. <laughs> and my name is Delilah. <laughs>
This is episode six. Yeah, not much, not much new to report. Um, I did have a, a very strange um, sort of encounter a couple days ago. When I was coming home from work. With what? So I got off work at three mm-hmm. around three p.m. Driving home, and I pull into my apartment complex at this back entrance here. And I'm about to pull into one of the empty spots on the side near the building. And I see there's a small child walking down pretty much in the middle of the the road mm-hmm. that runs through the complex. Um, he doesn't seem to notice my car. I don't want to honk at him. I'm just kind of driving two miles an hour behind him because he's just walking in a straight direction, just looking forward. He's a little weird. Um, he's doing some weird stuff with his hands, with his arms. Kind of, sort of like flailing his arms a little bit. But I think it's just, you know, like a standard kid thing. Uh, he has to be no older than 12. Like, you know, not super little, but it's like he could have a conversation with you if you asked him questions. <clears throat> and he's just walking. He's got a weird haircut, too. He's got like a bowl. He's just like coming a, for this poor child. Like it's about down to his jawline, just all the way around his head. He's doing the best he can. It's It was very strange. Um, But... I couldn't see his face. He was walking away from my car. I was driving behind him, uh, waiting for him to get out of the road. And then I finally just backed up into a spot. And I just kind of sat there for a second and watched him because I didn't know, like, where's his kid's parents? I wanted to see where he's going. Unattended child. Um, And he walks towards a van that's parked at the very corner spot, like the very last spot. Why is it always a van? Over here. And I see him, like, just kind of standing by the van, just waiting by it. So if, and he's like looking off in another direction, and I'm thinking, I can't see where he's looking. I'm thinking, okay, maybe he's waiting at the van for his parents to come to the van. They're all going to get in the van. They're going to drive wherever they're going. Maybe he's looking at his parents. But I don't see anyone. No one's coming. He's just kind of staring off, and he keeps looking back to the van. He keeps looking, looking away, looking around, being real suspicious about it. And then he finally looks into the trunk window of this SUV van type thing. And then he tries the trunk. He tries to open the trunk. And then he goes to the driver's door, looks in, and tries the driver's door. And then he tries the driver's side uh, passenger door, the back seat door. And he's looking into these windows. And I was like, what is this kid doing? Um, I don't think this is his car. <laughs> this 12-year-old <laughs> definitely doesn't have definitely a license. definitely does not drive this vehicle. So why is he... What, what is he doing? So, um, And I'm thinking, should I call the am i about to call the police on this young child it's like no 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 no. i'm gonna watch him a little bit more officer i'm witnessing a burglary (laughs) attempted burglar of a motor vehicle i'll watch him a little bit more i'm not about to be that person um he starts walking towards me now uh just the other direction Mm -hmm. um and i'm parked like the van's over here and i'm parked like this so he's walking this way. So he's not walking towards my car. He's walking sort of in front of my vehicle, uh, just in the opposite direction now. And then he, he cuts through this path right here mm-hmm. to walk through this sidewalk in between my building and that building. And he's looking at the front door of that building, just kind of like looking up at the stairs, just kind of like doing this thing. And he walks towards the door and then he back he backpedals and walks away from the door. And he walks towards the, the door again. And this is just, just so bizarre. I was like, what is, what's going on? Should I, and I'm thinking at this point now, I got to, I want to get out of my car. 
I'm going to walk over there and be like, are you okay? Like, where are your parents? Like, are you lost? Do you need something? Um, and I don't want to freak this kid out. I also don't want this kid, like, running at me and, like, doing some... I don't know what's going on with this kid. A lot. I don't trust small children. I don't um, either. But, so, he, he ended up walking farther down this way towards... He actually walked all the way down to that building. Um, and he stood outside the front door, kind of the same thing, and then walked back. So I parked my car, and I got out, and then I walked through here, and I didn't see him. So I I made a lap around this building, just kind of walked all the way around, because I thought he maybe went this way. Um, didn't see him at all. He just vanished. I just couldn't find him anymore. Oh so I was God, like, he's a ghost. Okay, well... Uh, I'm done with this. I'm going to go inside. I wipe my hands of this. What <laughs> yep. a great day. No longer responsible for this child's welfare. I'm going to nope. go inside and forget any of this happened. Yes. It was very strange. Um, Is that I'm, the end of it? That's it. That, oh, I, that's I didn't, so I upsetting. I haven't seen the kids since. I mean, if it was anyone else, if it was like a 20, 30-some-year-old dude who was trying to door in a car, I probably would have called. Um but the fact that it was a kid, it's like, maybe this kid's just bored, or he doesn't know what he's doing. Or, or he's a kleptomaniac, and he was trying to check cars. Or, yeah, he's, like, working for the mafia, and they're getting kids to, like, you know, like, steal vehicles no, and sell them on the black market. Kids are just assholes and, and try doors sometimes. Yeah, that's that's it, too. And I wasn't about to call the cops on a small child just for doing stupid child shit. But people do all the time, let me tell you. There are kids being too loud at the park. Yeah, kids being kids. Better call 911. There are children living. Children existing. Better call 911. Um, that's my only story. I've got nothing. I'm boring this week. I'm trying to think if anything else interesting happened. Oh, I fell back down the hoe and hole. Oh, yeah? How's your uh, grove? I did. Ah, my <laughs> grove! How's your grove doing? Did we mention this on the last episode? We did. Okay, good. Yeah. Yes, my grove is good. I've added more saplings. <laughs> you planted more saplings? It planted more trees. <laughs> I'm reducing my carbon footprint. <laughs> uh, any any promising uh, ones that seem to be growing up, uh, more, you know, taller than the others, making themselves you know, branching out wider promising. than others? No, none of them are promising. You wouldn't call any of them promising. No. All right, that's okay. God, they don't need to be. No. They just <clears throat> they just need one thing. Right. <clears throat> <laughs> Anyways, episode six is. Flies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like are we gonna we're gonna say it now or sh- okay should we wait no just okay say it now that's okay, fine yeah, yeah, we'll go it's about it. botflies you you read the title of the thing when you clicked on it um i like to say it it says botflies right um zach picked this one yeah i wanted to get away from um sort of the crime type stuff well, yes. i mean we, we did stalkers and kidnapping mm-hmm. um well, it's only two we just start getting into actual paranormal shit uh yeah, um we have a very extensive list of stuff that ranges from like actual creepy creatures like zombies or wendigos, like crimes like, uh, kidnapping, um and then just some other stuff like diseases. We have uh, ideas uh, to cover certain types of disease and things like that. Um, true crime stuff. I'm sure we'll we'll get into at some point. Um, and I wanted to pick something that uh, I don't know. Not a lot of people would necessarily think as being. When you think of horror, you don't think of botflies, but mm. botflies are pretty pretty scary. I figured it'd be a good episode to tackle and kind of unpack. And I really like watching botfly removal videos. Now, okay, yeah, but satisfying. 
I I don't. Um, I'm not one of those people. I don't like the Doctor Pimple Popper sort Missing of out. stuff. I don't understand the attraction there. I don't think it's anything anyone should ever watch ever in their entire life because it's just gross. It's very satisfying. It's gross. You're gross. Um, so during some of my research for, for stories, there were some videos that, uh, that some people were talking about and the videos that they took and some pictures that they took. We're going to watch one of those videos. I did save one. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, so we'll watch it for the first time. But, um, it is a, a video of someone who, uh, whose story I covered. Um, but first we'll get into the beer. I don't have any of my stuff pulled up. Hang on. Slacking. Okay, so um, time. <laughs> uh, so when I was trying to find a beer for this episode, um, I didn't really have high hopes of coming across a Botfly beer. I think any brewery in their right mind would would know better than to market a beer with uh, Botflies on the uh, on the label. Um, I had actually a couple coworkers helping me trying to find. Uh, beer oh. also Ooh. um uh mr scott ah, good old scott and um he did throw out a few suggestions um there was one that was related to like insects and i was Ooh. like maybe i'm sure we're gonna do another episode on insects so i Probably. might save this one um so this beer is not a craft beer okay i'm kind of stepping away from that um i did uh the next thing is i, I kind of looked for a beer in the area okay Kind of like Wendigo's. You know, I picked a Canadian beer. Um, tried to tie it in as best as I could. So, I have a couple stories from Belize, which is in Central America. I looked up the most popular beer in Belize, and apparently it's Belican. Belican beer. It's not... Like a, Pelican. It sounds like Pelican, but it's not. It's not available in the U.S. So, I did the next best thing. I um, picked arguably the most popular beer in Guatemala, which is right next door. Guatemala is... Arguably. Arguably. The most popular beer in Guatemala. Where Guatem- did you get this? Guatemala is, uh, I'll tell you, Guatemala is just, um, I think, just west. Just a stone's throw away. Uh, just southwest, I think, of Belize. Um, this beer is called Gallo. Ooh. Uh, it's by Cerveceria Centro Americana. Oh, I loved that. Oh, my goodness. It is brewed in uh, Guatemala City, Guatemala. Sexy. Brewery was founded in 1886. This brewery produces and distributes 17 different brands of beer, one of which is Heineken. Um, This is not uh, the owner of Heineken. This is just a brewery that happens to brew Heineken. There's uh, like 165 different breweries that brew Heineken. This is one of them. I like Heineken. Um, On their website. I've never had a Heineken. Really? I don't know. Heineken's really good. Out of um, all those types of beers, those pale lagers, Heineken's one of my faves. from their website, it says a beer of incomparable quality and flavor. Pride of the Guatemalans. Its flavor is accentuated and defined by a special bitter from hops with an alcohol content of 5%. It has a dark golden hue, and its foam is clear and stable. Oh, my God. What? I'm listening. Go on. I'm just already <laughs> disappointed. Um, gallo means rooster in Spanish. So that's the name of this beer, Gallo. Um, however, it's bottled as Famosa in the U.S. Okay. Everywhere else, it's Gallo. In the U.S., when it's imported here, it's Famosa. Got it. It means famous in Spanish. Okay. It is Guatemala's oldest continually produced beer. It is also the most famous beer in the country. 
Uh, famosa, which we'll be drinking, is a pale lager. Uh, pale lagers are the most common form of beer consumed in the world today. They tend to be dry, lean, clean-tasting, and crisp with subtle flavors. And two popular pale lagers in the U.S. are Miller Lite and Budweiser. So those are pale lagers. Um, I guess you could say this is Guatemala's Miller Lite. So it's nothing. I mean, it, they, they really talk it up on their website, but it's essentially Guatemala's version of our pale lagers, I feel our popular like pale lagers. that there's probably somebody out there that's just like, how dare you Right, it gets super this. offended. Yeah. Um, there are some people that really, really enjoy this beer. Yeah, there's um, some people that enjoy Bud Light. Right. So, um, but it's cool. It's from Guatemala. It's an import. We'll get to try it. It's only 5% AV, ABV. Um, there's not a whole lot of information on this beer because it's a pretty basic beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did consult Beer Advocate. Oh my God, I was going to say. They gave it a score of 59 or awful. Uh, apparently 59 is awful anything i don't know when it starts to get better but 59 is not good on beer advocate um but i I don't think it's going to be a bad beer i just it's not definitely not going to stand up to the ones that we've had uh someone um posted a review on april 15th 2020 this is a review by closed mri doesn't blow you away in any category, but very few Pilsners do. It's super light in body and flavor, probably a good substitute for water when it's hotter than hell in Guatemala. Tastes a little sweet when poured into a glass and is most refreshing straight out of the can. Mm. Or in this case, a bottle. Mm. But we're going to pour it in a glass. Okay. we're classy. We are. The brewery's website say this beer is great to pair with Oriental food, Latin American food, especially spicy sauces, grilled red meats, pesto pasta, and cheese. And again, that's Cerveceria Centroamericana. I loved that. Famosa. Sexy. So we'll get a chance to see if um, if we've really been missing out. or because. Uh, uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Where did you buy this? I went to Binnie's. Oh, okay. I went to Binnie's in Willowbrook, and um, they were one of the few Binnie's that actually had it in stock. And when I picked it up, the beer had uh, cobwebs on it <laughs> and dust. <laughs> So no one buys this beer. This, like, no one knows this beer exists. That's why most most Benny's stores probably don't Benny's stock it. Benny's employees were like, "What the fuck? <laughs> never heard of this beer in my life. I don't know why we this keep this in stock. This weirdo wants this beer. I've never heard of. Um, so, you know what this means? This beer's probably gonna taste terrible. Well, it's not. Again, it's not gonna be like anything that we've had before. Ugh. It's not gonna be. A, it's not gonna be as good as a craft beer. But it should. I'm excited because I've never had Guatemalan beer before. Okay, that's true. Me either. Um, open mind. We're supposed to be keeping open minds. Right. Here. This is beer and fear. This is not craft beer and fear. Yes. So we're gonna have all different ty- right. types of beer in our episodes. Um, however, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if. Um, if we've been missing out, or if uh, we should join a rooster on the join front. the rest of the people who don't buy this beer, crack clearly. this shit open. Oh, oh, is it? Is it a twist off? It says twist off. <laughs> I don't think this so. This is not a twist off. Okay, Scott's bottle opener. <laughs> now, that's um. I have already a strike my, one. My fir- yeah, my first regret about this is that the the bottle clearly lies to you. Or maybe we're just weak. <laughs> Maybe Guatemalans are just that much stronger than us. Don't strain yourself. That is not a twist off. Maybe it's just sealed because it's so old. <laughs> the cobwebs have rusted it's it shut. Glued it on there. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, actually, hang on. Before you do that, we, we, we did talk about this bottle opener in our, our episode we haven't released yet. It's a bonus episode. So, no one, no one has heard us talk about <gasps> this yet. That's right. So, um, 
I have a co-worker. His name's Scott. Good he, old Scott. He uh, uh, dabbles in blacksmithing. Such a cool guy. And he made a bunch of cool bottle openers. And um, I complained on one of the episodes that... Oh, yeah. Open complained you, on one bitch. of the episodes, our first episode, actually, that we only had one bottle opener. So he was nice enough to give me one of the ones that he handcrafted yeah. himself. Yeah, so. Scott, date me. Thanks, Scott. It worked really well. <laughs> The reviews on this have me so nervous to drink it. Well, a lot of people actually said it wasn't bad. Um, That's what you want to hear when you're about to try a beer. It's, it's nothing. Okay. To, uh, what's the expression? You, nothing to write home about. Is that the is that the expression? Write. Home. Nothing to write home about. What are you okay. writing home? A horse, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, Can you appreciate my pour? That's pretty good. Um, I think I have a, a good amount of foam, though. And not too much foam. You have a lot of foam. But uh, I have more foam than you do. My head's bigger than yours. <laughs> it better be. It looks like Miller Lite. It smells like Miller Lite. It's, it smells ugh. like a pale lager. It so. smells like something I'd get at a cheap pizza place, and now I want pizza. Yes. Yes. I really want pizza. Who can order pizza? We're getting pizza. <clears throat> it tastes pretty much exactly as I thought it would. There is a weird aftertaste. There is a little... It, it does taste... You can tell you're not drinking Miller Lite or Bud mm-hmm. Light. It's, it's clearly different than most pale lagers out here. There's a different kind of... It is crisp. It is very crisp, yes. Easy to drink, very sippable, but there's something weird in the aftertaste once it gets down your throat. I don't know what it is. It's not an it's not an ashtray flavor, <laughs> but I don't know why my mind always tells me it tastes like an ashtray, like the aftertaste. It's it's like a metallic sort of any any pill. That's why I don't drink Bud Light. I don't like Miller Light and Bud Light. Me either. In a world of craft beers, there's so many better options. Is there going to be an episode where we don't make fun of Bud Light? No. Uh, at least every episode, once every episode. But um, it it's de- definitely rem- this beer is definitely reminiscent of that, um, and it does have that same sort of aftertaste, the metallic-y... I'm not blown away. I will probably never drink it again, but I can probably finish this bottle. Oh yeah, easy. Pretty it's, easily. It's one. It's, it is the easiest beer that to drink that we've what's had. What's the, the ABV? Show. Only five. Oh okay. Yeah. So, um, it again very, very bubbly. Very very similar to um, Bud Light Miller Light. It it's, just tastes. There's like no flavor. There's no. nothing that's on the palate. No, and and that's most pale lagers are like that. Uh, the everything's balanced. There's nothing that pokes out at you. Sure. Um, no <laughs> distinguishing. No distinguishing flavors. Um, it's just supposed to be clean tasting and crisp, like the description. I feel like I'm drinking seltzer. Right. Um, uh, metallic seltzer. I, seltzer water with a nickel. I think the Beer Advocate review, it's a good substitute for water. It's pretty much what you would drink. A good substitute for water. If you're hanging out or like at a ball game, you know, people order a ball light. game. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying anymore, but it's just, it's one of those beers okay. where you, yeah. It's okay. I'm not particularly impressed. I don't have like a super strong reaction to give. Whereas, you know, like when we tried zombie dust, Ooh, it was that's like, good. yeah. Um, well, this is probably the first episode where I haven't said that. Yeah, that is. Said, you didn't say that was good. Ooh, that's good. I, it's just kind of, it's okay. It's uh it's a it's good, a it's about a 59. Lager. I would say a 59. Awful. I'd give it a 59. <laughs> On a scale for Beer Advocate, a 59. Not good, not bad. It's a decent beer. 
then, then you're going to have to change it from a 59 because 59 is awful. Well, I guess it's higher than Scale a 59. Scale of 1 to 10. It's a 5. <laughs> it's Give it like a 4. A solid 5. Eh. Uh, eh. Or maybe a 4. Yeah. I feel like a 4. I mean, I've, had, I've definitely had worse beer than this, but... Yeah. Um, ba, 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 oh, well. Ba, 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 ba. Let's get into it. So, Paige did the background and research... That's how these episodes work. ...on Botflies, so... Take it away. <laughs> okay. So, botflies, also known as warbleflies, mm-hmm. or heelflies, mm-hmm. or gadflies, mm-hmm. are a family of flies, technically known as the, I don't even, ostridae, ow, oh, it, oh. I know what word you're trying to say, because I saw it in my research, yes. too, but I could not pronounce it. It's the genus, right? It's the, yeah, genus, yeah. family, whatever. The scientific name. Anyways, they're technically a parasite. Our larva is a parasite, at least, mm-hmm. which we've talked about parasitic insects before with our zombie ants. I'm sure we'll do another episode on oh, we better. parasites. I love parasites. They're so creepy. Uh, there's tons of different species of botfly. There's actually only one that's known to um, parasite humans. Mm-hmm. Um, there's deer botflies. There's so many. Um, but they basically grow inside your flesh. Oh yeah. What they that's just an overall arching of it. What they do is it's different for every species. The human one, it um it typically goes on to mosquitoes, it lands on their bellies. I'll get into it. Mm-hmm. I'm all over the place. I'm just not feeling it today. It's fine, I'm following. Oh, cool. Thanks. Everything's making sense so far. Thank God. Okay. So a butt fly <laughs> is any fly in that family. Their life cycles vary greatly according to species. But the larvae of all species are internal parasites of mammals, including humans. Mm-hmm. Largely according to species, they also are known variously as warble flies and heel flies, like we were saying. The larvae of some species grow in the flesh of their hosts, while others grow within the host's digestive tract. Ooh. Yes. Uh, it refers to, the word bot refers to maggot. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. So a warble, which the warble fly, is a skin lump or callus such as caused by an ill-fitting harness or by the presence of a warble fly maggot under the skin. Okay. So like an ill-fitting harness on like a horse. Oh, okay. I was okay. It was like I saw your very face. confused for a second. Yeah. Got it. So then the human bot fly, Dermatobia hominisis. Hominisis. Oh, yeah. Hominisit. Homininis. I'm, I'm looking at the same thing right there on my notes. Oh, hey. Yeah. That's the only species of uh, botfly whose larvae uh, parasites humans. Mm-hmm. Um, though flies in some other families cause human meiosis. My, 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 yeah. Meiosis. Yeah, that word. It means parasitic infestation of the body. Yep. yep. Yeah. Meiosis. 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 The family, Ostridae, mm-hmm. Ostridae, are generally defined as including the former families, Ostridae, <laughs> yeah there's a lot of genuses in this and i don't want to say any of them okay it's like cutibridae uh-huh. gastrophilidae hypodermatidae yeah they're subfamilies. yeah 100 percent. thanks <laughs> thank you for always supporting me <laughs> the ostridae in turn are a family within the super family of ostridia idea Ostroidia. Ostriches. Uh, Australia. <laughs> Together with the families Californiae, 
California. Mm-hmm. California Day? Yep. Rhino like Day. Rhinos. <laughs> Sarcophagy Day. And yeah, I know. Okay, can you speak English? Thank please? you. I'm just going to skip the last one. It starts with a T. I feel like anybody who's like super into like the Latin names for animals and insects probably hates me. They're really upset. They probably hate me. They're a family of flies causing mice, which, like we said, yep. is infestation. That infestation. Good times. So, the way they go about depositing eggs on a host. They use houseflies, mosquitoes, uh, and in the case of um, the one that parasites us, um, hominus, whatever you want to call it, uh, yep. they can also use a species of tick. After mating, the female botfly captures the phoretic insect... So, whatever insect she's going to be using. Yep. By holding on to its wings with her legs. Fucked up. Talented. Very. Have you looked at pictures of botflies? They're kind of cute. Like, uh, when they're grown, they look like bumblebees. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was... Actually, I had a, a side-by-side picture of a bumblebee versus a botfly. Ah. Because if I ever encountered a botfly in the wild, <laughs> I would assume it would be a bumblebee. Because they do look very similar. <laughs> and I want to know the difference. Because... They they affect humans in very different ways. Yes, they do. So she captured the ins- captures the insect by holding onto its wings with her legs. Mm-hmm. She then makes the slip, which is attaching fifteen to thirty eggs onto the insect's abdomen, oh God. where they incubate. The fertilized female does this over and over again to distribute the hundred to four hundred eggs she produces in her short lifespan of only eight to nine days. Wow. Larva from this egg. Stimulated by, I'm sorry, from these eggs, stimulated by the warmth and proximity of a large mammal host, Mm -hmm. drop onto its skin and burrow underneath, which something, how do you not notice? Like, how do you, do you have to wait? As an animal or a human? As a human. Mm. Do you have to wait for a certain point to extract it or do you just not notice? The thing under your skin? Yeah. We'll talk about it. Oh, you do? Okay, cool. Because, like, I always see those videos, and it's just like, okay, it's like a full-grown larva. Yeah. How do you not notice that there's a hole in your skin? They Mm -hmm. have to breathe. That's also something we'll get into. Yes. Intermediate vectors are often used since a number of animal hosts recognize the approach of a botfly and flee. So, different ways of depositing Mm -hmm. the eggs. Eggs are deposited on animal skin directly, or the larva hatch and drop from the eggs attached to the intermediate vector. So, I hate that... The notes say vector when it's really just the transportation between mom to mammal. Yeah, I don't understand that. I don't know why it's vector. Wikipedia, what are you going to (laughs) do? Someone was trying to feel smart. (laughs) The body heat of the host animal induces hatching upon contact or immediate proximity. And then it goes into some forms of botfly also um, occur in the digestive tract um, after licking. So when animals lick themselves. Oh, (laughs) Woof. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, I, I didn't know there were types of botflies that uh, didn't go under the skin of mammals. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's... I think I think that's more creepy, having one in your digestive tract. Like, really? inside of you. See, what's that? Because you, you don't know what it's doing in there. What kind of damage Just it's doing? Just ask. <laughs> what are you doing hey! in there? Hey! I mean, there's that phobia of, like, holes in things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like spongophobia. I thought it was like trichnophobia or something. Yeah, it's it's something weird. Could have sworn it started with a T, but like that. You're probably right. 
like I, I have that, but then I also love watching things getting squeezed out of holes. That I don't understand. I don't know. I have issues. I'm going to look it up. Oh, okay. Tripophobia. See, I was close. That is, um, what, like honeycombs? Like if you had it and looking at that would like Yeah, that would like upset you. So you're saying you do have it? I'm not saying like, not like a genuine diagnosed case of it, but it's like one of those things where it's like, ugh. Ugh. Like if someone that had Mm. it saw it, they'd probably be like, how could you show me that? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Anyways, so the thing that kills me, it's in the notes and from my research, what it says is that it's a true parasite because it does not kill the host. But there are some cases where it can get so bad and not the animal, not the insect itself, not the parasite itself that causes it. But like you can get an infection if you were to mm-hmm. remove only half of the bot fly. Yes. And that could lead to death. So it's not like directly that this bot fly clause causes death, but there's still chances where you could die from having them. Mm-hmm. And then there's ch- there's instances where the infestation can be so bad. Like there's a really popular YouTuber, uh, a vet um, that, I mean, he hasn't posted anything in a while. He was popular in his time. Um, and he had a, this puppy come in that was just covered Oh. in... Um, um, not bot flies, though. This one was mango worms. Oh. Yeah, mango worms are pretty vicious. Hmm. But just like parasites like that. Mm-hmm. But I love watching bot fly removals. Well, we're probably going to watch one this episode. I'm, I'm not excited. looking forward to it. There's more notes on it, but I'm going to go into the one that parasites humans because I like it. Okay. So, one top of bot fly. <laughs> Yeah, do, do this oh, rest of your segment like that. Yeah. One type of bot fly latches onto mosquitoes mid-flight, attaching their eggs to the mosquito's stomachs. Mm-hmm. Then when a mosquito lands on a human skin, the eggs burrow into the tiny wound left behind by the mosquito bite. Eventually, these eggs turn into larvae and will dig their way out from underneath the skin. And at that point, because the, the, they need little breathing holes. Yep. And the, the, if you like look at it, people are like, cover it in glue. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to get a butt fly. Yeah, after well, after my some of my stories, you might want to. After some of your stories, I yes, might want to, might want or to. I might not want you to. Might want to? I was like, "Where's my phone?" In my hand. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that doesn't tell you where I'm at today. <laughs> I am struggling. I should have mentioned that I worked two a.m. to nine a.m. on like an hour of sleep. Yeah, I don't know how you're still awake right now. I don't fucking know. Surprised you didn't want to take a nap before this, but I had stuff I had to do. Anyways, so the human botfly, as I'm gonna call it, because the actual word is like dermatobia, which seems like a lot, so maybe just D fly. A lot more syllables. Yeah, there's too much. Uh have been shown to be vectored or carried. They could just say carried. By over forty species of mosquitoes and mucusoid mucusoid flies, as well as one species of tick, like I was saying. And then... Does it say where these bot flies or mosquitoes are? Um, further in, to my notes. Okay. So you know how I mentioned that the uh, female bot fly will capture a mosquito yeah. by its wings and then lay her eggs on it? Yeah. Um, so jump to that point. When the mosquito lands on somebody uh, when they're feeding, the larvae use the mosquito bite as an entry point or mm-hmm. they simply drop off um, a fly. When it lands on skin. 
the larvae develop inside the subcutaneous layer of skin, and after about eight weeks, they drop out to pupate for at least a week, typically in the soil. Y'all ready to pupate? Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. <laughs> 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 the GMM episode. Yes. I remember. The adults are large flies resembling bumblebees, which there's pictures yep. of them. I will say the human ones are not nearly as cute as the deer ones. They're not. No. Have you seen they're, the deer ones? Um, they're so fluffy. Yeah, they're fuzzy. They're adorable. And they are easily recognized because they lack mouth parts, which is kind of like, how are you getting that close to a botfly that you're like, oh, no mouth parts. That's a botfly. <laughs> I, yeah, as they, I can see, my magnifying glass that I always carry with me. They can't eat. That's right. Isn't that messed up? You're just born to give birth and die. That's a lot of animals, though. And without and eating, so. Yeah. Oh, not without eating. <laughs> like cicadas. Yeah. This species, the species that parasites humans, is native to the Americas from southeastern Mexico, beginning in central Veracruz to northern Argentina, Chile, and Uruguay. Ooh, that includes Guatemala. There you go. Though it is not abundant enough to ever, a- to ever attain true pest status. Mm. Normally, the greatest risk they pose to humans is increasing the chances of infection due to creating an open wound for their breathing holes. Like I was saying. Uh, Some cases have also been reported in Europe since the fly larva can survive the entire eight-week development only if the wound does not become infected. Hmm. Patients rarely experience infections unless they kill the larva without removing it completely, like I was saying. Uh, I'm not going to go into the removal process of them. Okay. Because I figure that'll be something that you talk about. A few of my stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was one thing that was really funny to me. Um, people eat them. I saw that. I didn't, like, look into it. I didn't read anything. But I saw, like, and I was on Wikipedia just looking at preliminary research. It said, as cuisine. I was like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? Yeah, people eat them. So the Inuit people are known to just, like, grab them out of, like, animals that are infested with them and just munch on them. Crazy and apparently Inuits. it tastes like milk. Oh. Which I hate milk, so I guess I won't be eating glot flies ever. I don't know how I feel about that. That's Opportunity not... missed. I mean, I, I don't know what's worse. Is I obviously you eat an insect, you don't expect it to taste good, but is it is it worse that it tastes like milk? I feel like it's probably worse that it tastes like milk because it's warm and gushy. Uh, okay. Yeah. Did you yeah. like that? <laughs> that's uh, that's strange. Isn't it? Those Inuits. That's it. Oh, wow. Um, you said don't go into too much, so I can't really say much. No, was, I think that was a good amount of research. Um, oh, that was all over the place. Well, I, I feel like I'm totally unprepared for, um, for this. When I was... Um, after I picked Botflies, I was like, oh, this is cool. It's going to be a good, good episode, good, cool topic. I was like, how the hell am I going to find a story? Your like, beer is um, almost gone. How? I, again, it, very drinkable. It's refreshing and crisp. It's like, you know, like I was trying to say and form words together to make a comprehensible sentence. You go to a ball game or something, it's like you get a you get a Pilsner, mm. you know? Mm. And it's just one of those easy-to-drink beers that you get overcharged for. But it's just... What is this? $8 <laughs> but in a Chicago Cubs hat? Uh, Hell yeah! They're just so easy to drink. It's not the best tasting, but it's like... It, fuck, it's beer... And I'm done with it. So when I initially started doing uh, research, I was 
thinking it's like, how the hell am I going to come up with some sensational, fun-to-listen story? Um, and I was thinking I might come across something like some crazy tale about someone infected with like 2,000 baby bot flies Ooh. and they all eat their way out of the dude's skin and like the person dies, some that agonizing death. not how but that that's, happens. That's not how bot flies work. I think um, like that's something straight out of a movie and maybe I'm just watching too many uh, horror flicks. They're really just mostly a nuisance. Uh, like you said, they are technically a parasite, um, but they don't really cause a whole lot of harm. So I have three different tales... Uh, that I pulled here, of people who were all infected by the human botfly. Like you mentioned, um, all species of botflies, all types of botflies can make their way into a human. Um, however, this particular type of botfly statistically has infested more humans. And um, However, this also, this same type of botfly can infect other animals as well. So there's this guy. His name is David Coveney. This is uh, published back in 2006. He decided to go to the Peruvian jungle, and he made the mistake of wearing... As one is made to do. Right. He made the mistake of wearing a thin t-shirt. It was cooling and comfortable in the humid heat of the jungle. However... Foolish. um, Mosquitoes were able to get through the shirt pretty easy. That's why you wear a parka. Right. Never forget your parka. He managed (laughs) to get... the Peruvian jungle. Managed to acquire about 50 bites, mostly on his back. So he got a lot of bites on his back. He was delicious. One of these bites, this is reading now directly, one of these bites didn't heal quite right. A week or so after I noticed it would hurt quite a bit, like a needle being pushed into my back. Mm. I guess it was a little infected. This was late February. I guess. After a week or so of this, I went to my local clinic where the nurse had a good look. She's traveled tropically herself and was impressively clued up. After inquiries, she felt it was likely to be a bug inside of me. There, then, followed a slightly confusing phase when nobody seemed available to help me out. But eventually, after a few visits, a doctor at the famous Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine offered to take a look. He couldn't find anything at the time, or extract it, sadly, but the pain continued and the now bigger wound was starting to hurt for longer periods of time. This, apparently, is the botfly larva moving around and snacking on my flesh. So, you asked, how do people not notice? They do. They get all these mosquito bites... Mosquito bites go away, and they, they're left with these bumps that mm. still kind of hurt. And they're like, oh, this hurts, but yeah. the thought process isn't, dang, I have something eating my flesh. Typically, yeah. If you're not um, well-versed with the knowledge, extensive knowledge of bot flies and how they affect humans. As we are. As we are, and as listeners now, you are. You're welcome. So if you ever find yourself in Central America and you have mosquito bites that are still sticking around, you will know. Good mm. chances it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a bug. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at it, you can, you can even see them moving too a little bit which is crazy it creeps me out and i love it (laughs) so eventually it was a friend um of his that covered the wound with vaseline and he watched carefully for some time through a loop a magnifying glass Mm. um it soon became obvious that a botfly spiracle was popping up for air every now and again which meant this bad boy was inside me the larva, if left alone, would live inside me for up to eight weeks and grow 25 millimeters long before leaving in order to pupate into the adult fly. Yeesh. I believe the fly can then live for up to two weeks purely on the stored energy from its larval stage. It, can, it can't eat as an adult. The adult then has to mate, and the female will then capture a mosquito in order to lay its eggs on it. When the mosquito bites someone, the eggs fall off, and the warmth of the host causes those eggs to hatch. In a very short time, the little grub will grow and burrow in and get snacking. Already went over this. Pretty much like you just said. So the whole idea of covering it with a, a non-porous substance to try and get it to come up, because that um, when mosquitoes bite you, they leave that little, you know, 
their their in, little sucky. Yeah, that little their proboscis. Yeah, where the proboscis went into your skin, that eventually goes away. However, if there's a bot fly, that hole will not go away. Like you said, they need air. So if you cover that up, they're gonna come up and try and breathe. And he decided he thought he would share his own little baby video with the world. <gasps> baby video. Um, so I guess we'll watch that now. I'm so ready. Butterfly, butterfly, butterfly. Ooh, that looks like a. That looks infected. Bad infection. I want to squish it. Ooh. Ooh. Well, it was very blurry. I didn't see anything. <laughs> it was moving. I didn't really see it. It was the guy, a uh, little butterfly. He was coming up through his skin. Replay it for me. Point it, point it out. Oh, I see it. I was really focused on that water droplet. He's, oh, okay. kinda, he's moving around. He's poking his head up. Because I think that's the Vaseline that's covering his mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Um, you could have picked a better video. I didn't watch it, and it was just a video that he shared with his article. So I'm sure there's other videos, like Paige was watching a, a billion of. You can find them on YouTube. So satisfying. So he described the botfly. It, it has a mouth with scraping hooks, a main body with rows of hooks to hold onto its host, and a spiracle through which it breathes. Symptoms are an enlarging lesion... That has a small pinhole in the center for breathing. Uh, like I said, this hole will not heal as long as the bug is alive. Occasionally, you'll feel sharp, stabbing pains lasting up to a half an hour as it moves or eats. It won't burrow especially deeply and is unlikely to cause any real damage, even if left to mature. Hmm. So how they decided to extract it, um, again, they, they tried to cover the wound with Vaseline. It forces it to come close to the surface, and it may even come out completely. Um, they also tried squeezing uh, the skin. Um, it do- doesn't really seem to work. Um, it says almost to be impossible if the larva is still alive because it's got those little Hookies. pins and hooky things. So we settled on trying to kill it or weaken it. However, although there are approaches that give you an almost instant kill, the method we used helps to encourage the fella to come closer to the surface. We needed some kind of dressing that was flexible enough to go on the back and able to keep as much air out as possible. We set it on the lid from a tube of Jaffa cakes filled with Vaseline and thoroughly taped it into place. After a night's sleep, I could feel the wriggling in the morning. Eventually, the lid slipped, and I removed it completely to see a lot more of the larva sticking out. I covered it once more and quickly went to see my friend, who was then able to gently tweezer the tip up enough to get a pair or another pair of tweezers lower down and slowly extract the bug. Mechanical removal like this isn't usually advised, but as the larva was weakened by this point, after a night of struggling for air, it seemed to be okay. That is David Coveney's story. There's a couple here that kind of expand on um, that. A lot of these tell the same tale. However, this th- these other two are pretty cool um, because they took a, kind of an opposite approach. Yay. Um, Something gruesome, please. So, P- Piotr, P- Peter, Piotr, 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 P-I-O-T-R, Piotr Neskrecki, uh went to Belize, and he got a bunch of mosquito bites, just like David, and some of the mosquito bites kept itching, and rather than disappearing, started to get bigger. It didn't take me long to realize that I had brought with me, embedded in tiny holes in my skin, larvae of the human botfly, the Dermatobia hominis. This was not the first time for me to have this parasite. He said at least six of them were feeding on both my arms. In the end, only three of them survived the first week. One of the surviving larvae was on my elbow. It was a nasty little thing, very active and painful. It had to go. But I decided to keep the two remaining larvae. 
as strange as it sounds, Hi. I felt bad about killing them. Oh, you dumbass. But I also had never seen an adult bot fly, and this was my chance. These Couldn't just Google it. Yeah. These get extracted through a variety of methods that often involve suffocating the larva with glycerin jelly, raw steak, or what? duct tape. And then pulling or squeezing the larva out of the skin. Yeah, so I saw one where they put like a strip of raw bacon on top. It's like, what? I don't quite understand. Um, These methods usually work, but there's always a risk of leaving a part of the bot's body in the wound, which may lead to infection, like you said. On those occasions where I needed to remove a larva, I preferred to use a suction venom extractor, which enlarges the opening of the wound and pulls the larva out still alive in one piece. He included a little picture. He said, that is a nice looking butt. Um, ooh, look at that. I don't like it. Here's a little spines. Looks kind of cute. I don't like larva. <laughs> um, human botflies, despite their name, are not interested in our species only. They will gladly feed on other primates as well as ungulates and other large mammals. Similarly, other members of the botfly family who pref- preferentially target small mammals will occasionally find themselves in humans, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. But we get infected with dehominus more often than with other botflies because of the species' unusual strategy of dispersing its eggs. So you talked about how it goes on a mosquito and then it gets in, you know, in your skin from that little mosquito. Or ticks or houseflies. Exactly. Mosquitoes, I think, are the most common since they're all around that area of Central America. They're pretty, pretty prominent there. These look a little weird. Oh, so you know what the, they kind of look like? Mm. Um... Furbies? No, tardigrades. Tardigrades? Mm-hmm. What's that? I think, what are they, water bears, I think is what they're called. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yep, they do. Um, the puparium of the human botfly. The tufts on the front of the body are the anterior spiracles that allow the animal to breathe as it matures underground. As the puparium ages, it changes color from light brown to black. Remarkably, the spiracles stay the same orange color. It's pretty neat. I kind of want a pet. Right. They look kind of fuzzy and cute. Until they decide to eat you. Yep. Once in the skin, the larva undergoes three molts, and in seven to ten weeks, grows from the size of a grain of sugar to that of a peanut. Throughout this time, the warble enlarges and, inca- and occasionally bleeds, but otherwise it is relatively painless unless the larva decides to munch on nerve endings. These wounds rarely get infected, as the larva very likely produces antibiotic secretions. Once fully grown, the larva crawls out of the warble and falls to the ground, where it quickly buries itself and turns into puparium. The wound usually heals completely within a couple days. All in all, not a big deal, but some people, for whatever reason, don't like to have a squishy, almost harmless animal living in their skin. I mean, I don't really want anything living in my skin. Agreed. I probably wouldn't Besides do what's my regular bacteria. what this guy decided to do. So that's a human botfly. Not as fuzzy. I like the blue. It's pretty. Uh, the deer botfly is way cuter. Mm-hmm. And so, so he allowed these botflies to just live and grow and survive in his skin. Um, and they did for about 10 weeks. They successfully emerged, pupated, and are now enjoying a brief life as adults. Brief because adult botflies have no functional mouth parts and cannot feed, which means they only live for a few days. They are quite pretty. I would go as far as to say that among insects, they, are, they undergo one of the most dramatic transitions from ugly to cute during their development. I would have put that backwards, but okay. I feel like the larva's cuter than the fly. <laughs> uh, last story is from uh, Gil Wizen. Very similar story uh, to Piotr's. Piotr. Uh, he narrates, Sitting at my dentist chair for 40 minutes and suffering through the shrill sound of the ultrasonic cleaner, I suddenly started to feel contractions from my chest. 
Oh no, not now. Is it really happening? If it happens now, this will be a visit I will never forget. Am I going into labor? <laughs> what the fuck? Shortly after returning from Belize, I noticed that three mosquito bites on my chest were not going away. They became red, started to feel even itchier, and occasionally there was a slight pinprick sensation. I immediately suspected they harbored botfly larvae, and indeed confirmed this after a couple days when the sensation became more intense. The small larvae have several rings of curved hooks um, pointing backwards. These hooks assist in anchoring the larva inside the host tissue and prevent removal. After fully embedded into the mammal's flesh, the larva excites the body's immune system and feeds on the inflammation response in white blood cells that arrive to the area. That I didn't know. That was new information. I didn't know that either. Your body thinks it's a foreign object that's stuck in your skin, so it sends all of the white blood cells and anti-inflammatory stuff which the larva feeds on. Pretty cool. Skipping around, uh, it says he immediately sought medical advice and came across a medical paper describing a method for removing botfly larvae using a suction pump. Fortunately for me, the leading author of the paper was a bus drive away. There was much excitement at the Tropical Diseases Clinic when several doctors and medical students gathered to see my botflies. We removed three tiny larvae, and I was released home. Then, in the evening of the same day, I felt that sharp pain again from all three locations. Over the next days, the, be- the pain became worse... Think of chest stabbing or corkscrewing in pulses with heated iron, and you mm. get the idea. There were larvae still in there. So apparently it hurts pretty bad if they're in a certain kind of place in your arms or chest or legs. If they're in or, in or around nerve endings, it would be pretty painful. Um, originally, he says, I wanted to keep one of these larvae until completion of its development. What is wrong with people? I don't know. Well, he's an entomologist, so he was eager to see the adult Oh, fly, that's what's wrong with him. Right? <laughs> that's what's wrong. Oh, that's what's wrong with him. Um, he says, I was not lucky and started to accept the possibility that I will not get another botfly larva, surely not in such a convenient location again. And so a year later, I returned to Belize, not even considering the option that it might happen again. He totally was. He was like, come out and bite me, mosquitoes. Yeah, he, he totally wanted to He went happen. out shirtless. Um, remembering the lacinating pain that I experienced, I tried to be careful and well protected from mosquitoes this sure time. Sure you did. So you can imagine my surprise after I returned home when I found a new botfly larva in my chest, almost in the same location as last year. I was amazed to find out this larva was not even slightly painful. The feeling was completely different. I could easily feel it moving, but there was no discomfort about it. This is it. I'm keeping it. Oh my fucking <laughs> Maybe I should pause here and say that a botfly is probably the friendliest parasite one can wish for. It does not transmit any diseases, does not cause any significant damage to the body, does not leave any scars, keeps its area clean from infections and antibiotic secretions, and most importantly, unlike other parasites, once it finishes doing its thing, it leaves on its own. And the resemblance to a walrus is incidental. Apparently. Okay, it kind of does look like a walrus. <laughs> it's kind of cute. Right? There's little tusks. The two little feelers. Yeah. Um, let's see. So it finally gave birth, and he says he was so thrilled to find the adult he finally, fly. He finally gave birth. <laughs> so thrilled to find the adult fly one afternoon waiting in the container. What a great ending to 2014, and what a magnificent fly it is. Glowing red eyes, a pointy head with a bright silvery face, and the most dazzling blue abdomen, striking with metallic gloss. For me, this was literally the miracle of birth. No matter how I look at it, this fly is my own flesh and blood. Gross. There it is. It's a pretty big fly. That is a pretty big fly. Mm-hmm. Etymologists. What are you going to fucking do with them? <sighs> Crazy entomologists. So. I don't know. Oh, there's the, uh, there's the deer bot fly. So fluffy. Right? He's a fluffy, fluffy little guy. So cute. 
Uh, so that's it. Those are my uh, three stories about three people infected with botfly larvae. Two decided to keep them and give birth to them and, and let them die. Sh- shared nine their intimate days later. experiences with them. Well, it's not their fault. They can't eat. Well, I know it's not their fault, but I'm just saying. Hmm. Uh, yeah, botflies are pretty creepy. I hope I never have to encounter one of my own. Um, I'm going to probably stay away from Central America. I will not be traveling anywhere with a humid, warm climate in Central America. If I do, I will bring a lot of uh, bug spray and DEET. Hopefully, I won't have to deal with something like that. I'll wear my parka. As as cool of an experience as it might seem, giving birth to your own human botfly out of your skin... I can give birth regularly, so I don't need to give birth <laughs> to a parasite. I mean, children are already parasites. A but... lot a lot less painful of an experience, though, with yes, a botfly. that's true. Um, I think it would just creep the hell out of me, though, like looking at it that's and seeing it move. what I'm saying. I don't want something moving around inside like my skin. Eating my skin. Yeah, it's not uh, pleasant. That's disturbing. I don't like it. How'd you like the beer? Oh, I was going to ask that. Uh, that's my question. Don't even try and get crazy on me. You feeling frisky? Because I need you to back down. Um, that's how I feel about the beer. <laughs> yeah, it was boring. It's okay. Ugh. Again, four or five. Uh, we've we've been spoiled. I think is what it is. Truly, the past five episodes we've had really good craft beer to enjoy. I mean, I think I've only liked like two out of them so far. That's a little disappointing. But what was it? Uh, Bat Squatch and oh, Bat Squatch was so good. The last one, or was there another one? Apex Predator was okay. I'm trying to remember that. Candy Crushable was surprisingly decent. Yeah, Candy Crushable was good. I was trying to remember what Apex Predator... Oh, it was also a fruity. It was a hazy... It looked like a hazy IPA. Uh-huh. That was pretty good, too. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, this this one, it's a pale lager. It's a standard beer that you could essentially buy anywhere. Um, every country has its own version of uh, famous pale lagers. It's like if we were doing this uh, podcast in Guatemala and we got an import beer of Bud Light from the U.S., It'd be the same sort of experience. So um, yep. it does taste a little bit different. Um, you could definitely tell it's not a Bud Light, but you can't taste Guatemala in the beer. So I don't know. I mean, it's not that great. What does great. Guatemala taste like? Uh, I guess kind of like this beer, you know, in a way. Um, nothing too, nothing too fancy or special about it, but it's it's tasty. I enjoyed it. It was good. I would drink more of it. I, I probably will. Eh. So I was not impressed. Yeah, that's okay. Well, I'm sure we'll uh, have uh, episodes like this where, again, not craft beer and fear. We're not going to like them all. Just beer and fear. We're not going to like them all. Maybe you'll like a certain kind of beer that we don't like or vice versa, and you never know. But we uh, we hope you're trying these along with us. If you um, if you listen to us trying a certain kind of beer and you think, oh, maybe I should go try that, we hope, uh, we hope we give you that inspiration. We hope you enjoy the beer after you pick it out. I was thinking about... I mean, we don't. No one listens to this anyway. But I was thinking, um, <laughs> what if oh we? Oh my god! What if we uh, posted somewhere on the website? Um, if we picked our beer, we'd have to pick our topics ahead of time. But if we picked our topics and we picked our beer that we're going to try ahead of time, so that people could go out and buy the beer and get it themselves and drink it with us on the show. I like being surprised the day of. That'd be a cool idea. I kind of like that too. Yeah, I could just kind of walk in and not knowing what beer that we're drinking until one of us says the beer so i don't know we'll think about it um again i don't think we have listeners dying to enjoy the beer with okay, us. okay why are you episode. being the pessimist um that's my job just being realistic you know me Ugh. i'm the realist 
No, you're not. You're the one that's like, we we'll get subscribers. We will. I'm gonna uh, do another promotion on Facebook. <laughs> get, us, get us more likes. So we hopefully we can have more people uh, checking us out. Um, I mean, yes, this is about you and I getting together, talking about cool stuff. Thank you. And drinking beer. I, I could not appreciate that anymore. Um, but I'd also appreciate if, if more people could uh, listen and enjoy this experience with us. And we hope that uh, that is the case. Mm-hmm. We hope if you're listening, we hope you enjoy listening. Um, and you look forward to our, our future episodes on some, some horror stuff. Um, I'm sure we'll have some more terrifying and horrific <laughs> topics and episodes later on, too. Uh, Paige, you mentioned something about true crime, which I'd like to get uh, into as that well. That was you. No, that was you. You mentioned true crime. You mentioned true crime. No, you did. All right. Well, roll it back and we'll listen. That and you're the one who mentioned true crime. It's going to be you that said it. No, I'll bet you $100 right now. Really? Because I'll take that action. <laughs> um, Try me. You still owe me. Yeah, I know. That'll be $100 out of what I owe you. Um. So, thanks for listening. I appreciate you making it through the episode. And uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, learning all about botflies. We hope you never have to deal with one in person. <laughs> We are... Kind of hope you do. That's mean. We are available for streaming on pretty much every popular podcast platform out there. Uh, we're still working on Pandora. We know how many of you are just waiting for us to get on Pandora. Pandora's a thing. Uh, Pandora is still a thing. People still listen. Apparently, they have podcasts. Um, also, um, Amazon Music and... Uh, what is it? Audible? I think there's a new... They're going to come out with some new podcasts section or thing for it so we're going to try and be on there as soon as that comes out as well for amazon but uh we're all over the place so chances are whatever popular podcast thing you prefer we're on it uh we're also on spotify too so regardless of what kind of phone you have or what app you you have spotify is, is available anywhere so um, all of our future episodes will be linked on spotify you can follow us on social media uh, facebook twitter instagram and reddit where all of our episodes will be posted Links to Spotify will be provided, and uh, you can follow us on there and check out uh, updates that we'll post throughout the week. Um, pictures of Paige's pets. Yeah, I gotta uh, post some more. Sure, we'll be on Instagram as well if you want to check those out. Um, updates of me sitting at home and finishing the rest of the beer that's Being in my fridge. Lonely. We'll probably be out there too. Well, I'm not lonely. I got my beer. It's me and my beer. Anyways, um, but yeah, I mean. Um, Thanks, thanks for listening. We hope to catch you in the next one. Um, any suggestions, any comments, things like that. If you have your own personal horror yes, story. Yes, for the love of God, flights and frights. Well, we're not, we're not, I mean, if, if people don't want to submit their story, we're not going to force them to. But, I feel um, like we could. We might be able to maybe pull some strings and, you know, blackmail people. And, what strings? Right. Uh, beerandfearcast at gmail.com is where you can send those uh, any comments or stories or you know remarks or whatever just reach out to us um, but we're asking I'm sure if, if you've listened to the previous episodes any horror story creepy story ghost encounter paranormal experience whatever um, that you have you can send it to us to the email along with a beer suggestion any any beer that you like, if it's a favorite or if it ties into the story somehow, send a beer suggestion, something that is ready, readily available that we can purchase and enjoy on the show while we read your story and shout you out for your wrecks. Thanks for listening. That was episode six. Catch you in the next one. Are you going to say have a nice day? Have a good day. Have a good day.
That's what I say every time. How dare you say have a nice day? It's have a good day. I thought it was nice day. Nope, have a good day. I think we should uh, change it up. Nope. I think we should not... Consistency is key. We should not conform to a script. We never do, so that's the one consistent thing about this podcast. No, well, I feel like... It's like, welcome to the Blah Blah episode of Beer and Fear. My name is Paige, and my name is Zach, and today we're going to be talking about this. You want to tell me about your week before we jump into things? You know what? <laughs> that's the only consistent thing about this podcast, because we jump around... So much. That's okay. I don't have a problem with jumping around. Then you should not have a problem with me being consistent. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, have a good day. I don't want to end episode every episode like that. <laughs> then people are gonna know. People are gonna people aren't gonna want to listen to the end because they're no they're gonna know what you're gonna say. They're, it's like oh this is where Paige says <laughs> someone tell him to stop. <laughs> this is where Paige says have a good day. I don't need to listen to the last part of this section and listen to the awesome theme music at the end of the show. I can just stop it here because she says this every episode. But if it was something different, be like oh what is she going to say this episode? You're Maybe a rambling say, psychopath. Maybe she'll say something new this week. That's how we should end it. Zach's a rambling psychopath. Have a good day.